Welcome to Meet the Movie Press for Friday, June 7, 2019. We are going to be talking about the Halloween sequel possibly happening. We're going to be talking about the Birds of Prey budget and a lot more, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, everyone. I am Scott Menzel. I am not Simon Thompson because Simon what? Thompson is actually away. And uh, I think he didn't tell us, but I think he's working as a stand-in for an untitled Jason Statham movie. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's, so yeah. I think that's where he is. That's the rumor about town. So I, I, of course, don't have that wonderful accent. So sorry, you're going to be missing that this week. <laughs> Instead, you get to hear me flubble and whatever the heck I do. Um <laughs> So, uh, joining me this week, we have uh, two wonderful members. Uh, as always, uh, Dimitri is joining hey. us. Uh, where can they find you? They can find me here on Meet the Movie Press and uh, occasional guests on LAOFCS Weekly. Uh, yeah, so, and right here at, uh, on Popcorn Talk Network. There you go. And Ashley Menzel is joining us today as well. Ashley, G- how are you? Wife team going. I'm good. How can you? How? Where can we find you? Where can we find me? We can find me on <laughs> WeLiveEntertainment.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ashley G Menzel, and I occasionally pop in on the uh, LAOFCS Weekly here on Popcorn Popcorn Talk Network. It's gonna be a fun day. Yes, None of us can we're, talk. We're, it's gonna be a really great day, and and people are having a good time online already. <laughs> Film nerd Jamie, hello, yeah, hello. Why does Simon look like Scott? I see. Uh, yeah, and then, and then senior nerd, I see Simon went ahead with the cosmetic surgery. Yes. And yes. he went to go look like Scott. Yes, he did. Very much. He was always jealous of my looks, so he was like, you know what? I think I'm it's the hair. It. There yeah, you go. Yeah, it's uh-huh. definitely there. It's, it's because... And he went to finishing school as well, because he got rid of the accent. <laughs> yeah, and picked up a Jersey accent, yeah, which right. is so much right, better. Right, right, right. <laughs> Everyone wants an East Coast accent. Yes. Yeah. Everyone wants that twang. That twang. You yes. Okay. All right. So um, there's not a lot of news this week, but we're going to start off with a few of the stories that broke. Um, the one that broke yesterday was they there was a bunch of interviews that came out. I'm going to guess that there was a set visit that happened a couple months ago for Birds of Prey. Right. Um, and a lot of the uh, conversation that came out was based around Margot Robbie basically saying that this was not going to be the Harley Quinn like it was in Suicide Squad, where it's all about the male, male gaze. It's going to be more of a female you know, led performance and one that's actually going to be more universal. But the bigger thing that kind of came out of yesterday was the fact that Birds of Prey is going to have the smallest budget of any DCEU film to date. What do you guys think about that? Personally, I listen, I'll, just make a good movie. You know, I don't, you know, we always we do talk about skyrocketing budgets and 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 the such. And if it's a good movie and it's make and it makes money, that's great. But there's, you know, I I commend them. Uh I just hope it's a good movie. You can make a good movie on a limited budget. You, you can well, strike that, reverse it. You can make a shitty movie with a limited budget. So that's all I care. All I care about is you make a good movie. And if you do it with less of a budget, good on you. That 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 that's fantastic. It's good for business. And and especially if it's all women, it says, hey, this is what we can do. 
uh, and we can make a commercially successful movie that crossover audiences enjoy, you know, who cares about the budget, but that would be a really huge story when this movie comes out, and if it's A, great reviews, and B, a huge hit. Ashley, how about you? You know I don't pay attention much to budgets because I just look at the movie for what it is, um, so it's... It is what it is at this point, and it'll be a good movie or it won't, so I just wait to see what actually comes from it. I think a lot of the times with the way the industry is going is we spend so much time in analyzing things before we get a chance to even see them that I think that sometimes we just need to take a step back and look at what we're getting in the finished product. I thought you were going to bring up, which was interesting, because I remember when you said, uh, yeah. you know what you know where Go I'm going ahead, for? Yeah. So... Ashley posted when Wonder Woman came out uh, two years ago that, you know, the movie had a, a smaller budget and then the marketing campaign for that film. Well, yeah, was not. I w- what I did is I went into the marketing of Justice, Justice League. League versus Wonder Woman. And I just basically looked at how many TV spots and YouTube videos were uploaded in the same time period before the film released. So I looked at six months before how many things mm-hmm. were released for Justice League versus Wonder Woman, three months, two months, et cetera. You know, I looked at that. And that article is still on We Love Entertainment, but you can see the drastic difference in marketing. Um, up until they didn't really push Wonder Woman, I think, until about two months prior when you started seeing more content come out. But until then, it was completely uneven. To say the least. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be a little bit more open and hoping that DC knows what they're doing with it because Wonder Woman was was a success. So maybe less marketing works for those types of films, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Marvel kind of sets the bar with how much they're going to market a superhero film and other studios kind of have to rise to match that and I think it's become a war of who who does more marketing who spends mm-hmm. more on marketing and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing so maybe maybe DC is taking a step back and just saying you know Wonder Woman we didn't do as much and look how successful it was I, I mean to know. be fair I, I don't know if they knew um, I don't know if, if they knew how successful Wonder Woman was going to be I'm pretty sure they knew they had the goods. They'd seen the movie, um, so it, it's just it really is interesting. Uh, you know the times of the year that I think both movies came out with. Um, with if if I remember correctly, Justice League was more of a holiday ish uh, end of the year kind yeah, of movie, November, or, yeah. right? But again, when you have the goods, um, it, it, it the money shouldn't. The money should be like one of the last things that we talk about. Um, budgets have only really come into play. Um, well, I say like it was just yesterday, but it was with movies like Waterworld, right? When so much money was spent, and so back in the '90s, when a movie like a Waterworld comes out, that that budget's like huge. Yes, and a lot of people start focusing on. Budget, but people don't necessarily understand the Hollywood math behind the budget. So we talk budget here, uh, and then in some cases with a movie, if it's a flop, right? Um, you know, you talk about how much money was spent, right? But sometimes a movie is a flop, and 
you know, nobody talks about budgeting or this and that. And sometimes I think it, it ends up being used as a negative where sometimes like there's no way around doing what you need to get done uh, in that, you know, for, for making a movie. So I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you. I think sometimes we focus too much on on the budget because it's not coming out of the audience's pocket for sure, right? So what do we give a shit? Like, I all think, we want is a good movie. Yeah, but I think people have put <clears throat> so much emphasis on box office numbers yes. that they're looking at the budget saying, this movie costs $200 million to make. We need to make $200 million of the budget. It's kind of like trying to... You know, looking at the finish line before you've even started the race. Right. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, so it's just... And it's... I think it, in, in my mind, it's a little bit weird that the general public has taken that on as a measure of success for films. Yes. Because it's like, what... If you enjoy the film, what does it matter to you if it doesn't make its budget back? Right. I mean, it matters to the studio in the aspects of the bigger scale where, you know, if it doesn't make the money, you're not going to see sequels or you're not going to see it become, you know, a franchise right. or things like that. But other than that, I think we've gotten so far off from just going to enjoy a movie. Correct. So I, it's, I agree. But sometimes we do when you look at a movie like uh, Halloween, for example, right? Did not have a huge budget. We talk about budget here, but... The Are we talking about per- Halloween 2018? 2018, okay. yeah. Um, you know, w- when you talk about that cost-benefit analysis and what it di- what that movie did compared to the Blumhouse budget that it was given to make, nobody talks about budget then. Well, like, when it's a success. So, you know, we know that Endgame, coupled with Infinity War, was, what, $400 million? It was, like, one of the most ex- expensive endeavors I think it was, like, ever. over 500 total. <laughs> right. So... Now that movie does huge. Nobody talks about the five hundred million dollar budget, but that's five hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. And I, and I think uh, Senor Nerd mentioned this in the chat. And I wanted to bring it up too. Is Shazam was before this? I think was the second lowest budget DC movie, and it was a great film. Uh-huh. I agree. I mean, yeah. I love. I, I mean, yeah. We, I, don't, we love Shazam, so we don't have to go on it. No, no. I could go on a forty-minute tangent about why I love Shazam, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I think it's just. I think we need to refocus our attention on different things rather than budget. Yeah, and but I, was, I mean, it's it's interesting for people to look at it and like you know the everyday person, you and I, we're not like, oh yeah, five hundred million. Let me just use that to pay for whatever you know. So yeah. it's amazing to us to think about that large of a number. But other than that. You know. Yeah, and, and and for for it to come up on news as under for birds of prey, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are far more interesting things to start talking about. To me, I was surprised that it was even newsworthy. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. because what are they trying to do? What are, are they trying to say that oh, the the men DC movies get more money to buy? Well, like, don't make it about this. Just make it like make it about is it a good movie? Right. That's what they should be focused. Oh, on. I agree. I agree. Uh, kind of sticking to the same topic because we were on Warner Brothers. Um, big news out of uh, Comic Con this week is that uh, Warner Brothers will be skipping Hall H, which is <laughs> which is very interesting considering that was one of the only panels that I ever looked forward to going to at San yeah. Diego Comic Con. Yeah, we, we, them- we did Comic Con for what? Jesus. Eight years, yeah, nine, eight, nine years, years, something like that. Um, we're not going this year. And uh, hearing that Warner Brothers isn't there was like, okay, that's fine then. Like, yeah. we're not missing anything major, you know, because they're, they're the ones who, 
you know, started out with the screens on the side and the smoke shows, right? right. They're the first ones to do that. They open up the hall on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. so it's just, it's crazy, and they're such a staple, and it's going to be weird to not have them there. But I don't know. I, Let, mean, I mean, let's face it. A lot of studios have already dumped out of Comic-Con. I think 20th Century Fox years yeah. ago, uh, it, uh, you know, they were one of the first. Uh, I believe Lionsgate no longer. Um, they, they, I, they haven't participated in a while. Um, geez, I don't even know when Par- Paramount has participated. Par- Paramount like, was, did. The, they did with Bumblebee. With yeah. Bumblebee, but, yeah. okay. I'm not sure if they're going this year. Don't know what <laughs> Sony already said. They're not going. Uh, you know, you know, Disney's not going. Disney's so. not Disney going. Disney has D23, get, which right, is actually D23. shifted, so it's not the same. Like <clears throat> they used to run pretty close to each other, but they've shifted. But I think I don't know if the change in Comic Con is twofold. I think it's probably because we're seeing a lot of content leaks where studios have repeatedly told people do not leak the content, and then the other thing is, you know, they're spending all this money and all this energy well, to put stuff on and then dropping the same content 10 minutes after it plays. It yeah, on. well, I, I, it, you bring up a really valid point when it comes to Comic-Con because well, I was at Lionsgate during, you know, during a lot of their heyday when they started going to Comic-Con. It's a lot of money to to, to, to do one of these Hall H panels. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's an extreme. It's a ton of money. It is. And, and the studio's footing that bill and you've got to travel everybody in um, make sure they get the best hotel, whatever you get, and and just arranging it. So, what I think has ended up happening, and and again regarding the leak, I, I, it, it, who cares? I mean, I would rather something leak. I mean, than why keep it? Do it after the show. But here's the deal: I don't think that there has been anything. Uh, at Comic-Con that says it raises the box office, it pushes the box office needle. So I think when we talk co- cost-benefit, they're like, you know, Comic-Con was starting to become, starting to become a film festival of sorts. Movies like Kick-Ass were bought out of Comic-Con. Right. So I think Comic-Con, they started to be, get an ego. Oh, yeah. And they started to think, oh, look at us. And, and once, see, People seem to forget that when Comic-Con, like, 20 years ago, nobody was really going. Not not to the fever that it is today. It was once the studios dug their claws into Comic-Con, then, like, with the panels, and then they started selling out, selling out, selling out. And it became more of a pop culture event than it was a celebration of comics, right? Yeah. It changed. Fine. I get it. But now, I think the studios... They're looking at it going, okay, we're not selling, nobody's buying film from Comic-Con anymore, right? And there's all the money that they're spending, there's nothing to come back that says, oh my God, it's because of Comic-Con we succeeded. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Comic-Con you have to also consider is you're looking at, uh, you know, you're the Warner Bros. you'll do the Warner Brothers panel and then you'll have Marvel and then you'll have this and then you'll have that. And then the thing is they're looking for um, something that's going to last through the hype. And like, you you know, Warner Brothers may be trending for two hours and then the Marvel panel happens and then something else is trending for two hours. So it's gotten to the point where 
if Comic-Con were smart, I think what they would do is they would stick su- the studios, like each studio, if they wanted to do it still, on a separate day. So, like, Thursday would be Warner Brothers. Friday would be Marvel. Or, you know, what I'm saying? Like, keep the major studios all separated instead of what they do now, and they all jam them on certain days um, just because they know that's when the attendance is highest on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think if the studios are even interested, that's the route that Comic-Con needs to go to give them their, you know, try to give them some semblance of, yeah, this was worth the $3 million we had to spend to fly people here. Yeah. If I could quickly hop in, I normally don't weigh in, but, uh, just so you guys know, this is Jeff Graham. I'm I'm a producer and host here with the network as well. Hi, Jeff. Hi, guys. (laughs) I coordinate our carpet coverage for Comic-Con. So I've noticed in the last couple of years, it's really shifted toward a more focus on television. Um, when I've had, when I've needed to break down all of the press opportunities that our networks could be covering, I'd say 70% to even 75, maybe 80% of the stuff that's happening at Comic-Con is television. It's just leaning right. more and more in that direction. And you're right, Jeff, but it, but I think because I had this conversation with LAOFCS member Kit about this, I said, yeah, because the studios are pulling out. TV's all you've got left. Right. And, and, and to be quite honest, if the studios start... I don't believe that certain TV shows will be able to fill a Hall H. No. Like, people who don't go to Comic-Con don't understand... How huge Hall H is, A, what a pain in the ass Hall H is, B, (laughs) and then what a pain in the ass Hall H is, and the fervor to try to get in there. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think, like, Charmed would fill up Hall H. I mean, as popular as a WB show is, so once studios start pulling out, number one, Comic-Con loses that 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 revenue okay they're gonna also lose like and again my biggest surprise about warner brothers is a i don't think they're giving up their booth um they'll have their television stars there but they're dc and they have product coming out now wonder woman announced that they won't have a trailer until december Okay, that makes sense, but you've still got the Joker. You got like Birds of Prey. I think the, there are some movies coming out this year. I was just very surprised because Warner Brothers is a biggie. And on that note, there's some, some a lot of chatter about this. Yeah. Um, Yash <clears throat> is saying that Comic Con looks like a sweaty nightmare. It, it, it definitely very, is. Very is. But um, it's a stinky, sweaty nightmare. <laughs> Adding to that, social media you know is more smells. social media is more powerful than exactly. any con. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Which is why studios know that as soon as the trailer drops, drops in there, it goes right there. Yeah, right online. Yeah. So they're getting they're they're it's spending the all the money yeah. to put this big show on, which I'm telling you, if you've never been to the Warner Brothers panel at Comic Con, it's amazing to be mm-hmm. in the room. It is they put on a great show, but it's not worth it when the majority of their buzz is coming from people who are not at the convention, not waiting in line two days, no lie, for Hall H. So, you know, I just think it, I think it's just become unsustainable for the studios and not profitable. Yeah. Well, and you can't tell. That's yeah. the thing. And leaking a trailer, you know, we, we talk of, uh, we're talking about the leakage, like the leaking of a trailer. The leaking of a trailer is one thing. It's it's the it's the other 
it's the other part that the studios are extremely afraid of, and that's because what you also get at Comic-Con outside of a trailer is you get behind-the-scenes footage. Right. And they're more concerned about the behind-the-scenes footage, like leaking. Here's the thing, though. I want to bring up the point about leaking because someone... Who is it? Zeno Hour said, I will argue that the trailer leaks <clears throat> of Deadpool and Suicide Squad actually helped both movies tremendously. Okay. But from the perspective of the studios and the attendees of Comic-Con, I understand what Zeno is saying. But from that perspective, you have to look at the fact of thousands of people are spending days to stand in line to see something that's supposed to be exclusive to them. And they're not getting that exclusivity, so why are people going to keep going back? That's part of the issue I for agree. attendees. Great question. I but also think that a lot of the issues have become about the negativity of reactions that oh. have happened out of Comic-Con over the last couple of years. <laughs> I think there's been a lot more backlash. There's been a there's lot been more There's been times ang- where we've had people in Hall H booing oh, right. during trailers, which is right. like... Oh, so you were there for the spirit panel when I was at Lionsgate? <laughs> Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't, know that. I didn't boo anyone. Right. I will say that. I will not but, do that. That's mean. I was but, there. We had yeah. Sam Jackson. And booing. We had Scarlett Johansson. Uh, uh, Frank Miller was there. Um, right now, I, oh, God, uh, please forgive me. I forget the gentleman who played the spirit. Um, because he was such a, he was a really nice guy. (laughs) No, he was seriously a very nice, he was, he was a really good guy, but that went over that, that panel went over like a fart in church and and, and (laughs) it was, it was, it was horrible, but you're right. But again, I say you can't show up to Comic-Con without the goods. So even if you have behind the scenes footage, like you gotta make sure it's good. Like, there, there should be no fear of your stuff leaking out if it's good. Like, if you're trying to hide something, then you should not be going to Comic-Con to begin with. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody's trying... No. Sorry, Scott, go no, ahead. No, no, you go first. I don't think anybody's trying to hide something. I think it's that level of exclusivity for people that go to Comic-Con. And Zeno brought up live stream Hall H. I'm not against that, but I'm also saying you can't charge people as much much as you're charging people to go to Comic-Con. It's not just the badge. No. It's getting there. It's Mm -hmm. the hotels. The hotels are really expensive. You know, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars. And if your main reason for going to Comic-Con is those panels and you can go home and sit in your pajamas and not have to wait in line and sleep on the ground. But I counter that, though. I'm sorry. I counter that because I was just at Star Wars Celebration. Where they had the very, like, exclusive, like, you had to sign up for a lottery to get into the J.J. Abrams, the Rise of Skywalker panel. They they live-streamed that around the world. It didn't keep attendance down. It was a sold-out show. So, you know, and and with Comic-Con, in fact, uh, Zeno Hour, they actually did try to live-stream a show. There was a company... um, that why it was a Lionsgate company. They tried to get a Comic Con online streaming subscription service that nobody paid for, so nobody cared. <laughs> but so that's the thing. I think that's he's saying for free thing. to stream. It. Yeah, why not? They should. I mean, they should. It's I not going to keep it's, attendance It's just down. a glorified press panel yeah. anyhow. It's a press conference. Right. That's it's, all it is. It's not going to keep attendance down. And, and again, I would say. 
Uh, just look at what happens at Star Wars yeah. at Star Wars Celebration. People, it sells out. If you did it at D twenty three too, I mean, people aren't not going to pay to be there for D twenty three. A comic con that has a life of its own, like San Diego Comic Con, people are still going to pay. They don't care. They're gonna. They're gonna go. They're gonna pay the high prices. If you stream it live, you make it more of a world global event, and you get that much more. I agree. Events. And then we do have to move on from this yeah. topic. But what I do want to say is, I think what the difference is between Comic Con and something like Star Wars Celebration is that Star Wars Celebration is made for dedicated fans of that to a franchise. specific franchise. What, what Comic Con has become is a clusterfuck of everything. I mean, it really has just become. <laughs> A clusterfuck yeah, of everything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, we right. I mean, there were some shows that we seen there, and we're like, like Children's Hospital, or like, like why is that there? Like, right. just I'm just going back to some random stuff that was there. I mean, trolls. Like, hmm. Like, there's just certain things that debuted there, or like had panels there that just don't tie in. Right. You know, of course, we bring up the obvious Joker, Birds of Prey, stuff Those like make that. Sense. That makes sense. Star Wars to, a, to We're sticking to, to what the core of Comic-Con was right. created for, is like comics. Sure. And then you're you know? sitting in a room, and there's that one-hour gap where you're, if you want to leave and the panel. And they need to fill something. Yeah, and it's just... and it's, You end up with trolls or... Well, Boss Baby? Oh, my God. Huh. Boss what baby. does Boss Baby have to do with comics? Yeah. So, so we're I getting think... to that point where it's becoming overinflated and right. they're trying to fill space. But that's what I'm saying where if we do – sorry. And if we do like one day where like DC gets Thursdays, then you know Thursdays DC right. day, you know. And that also <laughs> makes it easier for the attendees. Right, right, right. I'm just the, reading Xeno uh, Hour, <laughs> San Diego Clusterfuck Con. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Or Smelling Con. Yeah. I know we want to get off this, but I do have a bit of Comic-Con a Comic-Con such a fun, fun mess This is like an about. insider story. So we were at Lionsgate. We were preparing for Comic-Con. We were in a marketing meeting, and we were prepping for um, one of the Saw movies. Saw was going to get actually an award. And um, we were thinking of ideas at the booth. And I said, I came up and, and I said, we should get booth babes and we should tie in with axe body spray and we should give out body spray to the comic-con you know thing because they have, smell and, well everybody like all you heard was dropped pencils yeah. and like everybody's like what do you mean i said <laughs> do you ever walk around comic-con i go people would get the joke and they were like no they wouldn't and i'm like they would. I go, and you okay. know what? Lionsgate would come away a hero. They would. They never. They, they would. They never well, it. I mean, okay. Com- Comic Con's good for. Okay, like Wednesday, Thursday are okay. Friday starts to get really ripe. Right. By, <laughs> by Sunday, you kind of go. <gasps> Walking through a crowd yeah. because it's pretty like some some people are dead like some people I know don't even get a hotel room right and yeah. they're just like yeah I'm just gonna I'll, I'll wing it like I'll just go to like Seven Eleven and just what you know wipe, wipe stuff down, down. Yeah. and it's like oh God no so yes it's yeah. it, it's intense so yeah. it's yeah it's it's yeah. Anyway. All right, moving on. Uh, so Brian 3 Henry is in talks to be Did in... Did you call him Brian 3? Th- th- oh, I thought he said 3 Henry. Yeah. yeah. You no, said 3 too. I did? Yeah. I think okay, so. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Is his name Brian uh, Tyree? Tyree Henry? Is that how it is? Yeah. All right, well... I'm bad with names. I apologize. No, I'm not picking. No, I'm just I know. I know. I know. Everyone who knows me at this point it's, has to know that I'm. 
She's back. Ashley's over here. It's Mr. But anyway, let's let <laughs> let's let's not take away from the so fact that so everybody knows the- what our life is like at home. Yes. Did you say tree? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it's Tyree. <laughs> Meanwhile, quiet place too. He's in talks. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Dimitri. I got nothing. You got uh, nothing. Other than, you gotta be other listen. Other He's other laughing. Than... I'm laughing. No, uh, I think this is uh, this is really good casting. Look, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I, I guess what I'm curious most about the sequel to A Quiet Place is where Krasinski <laughs> and crew take it. Yeah, uh, because I really did feel that the first picture was was a sta- was a fantastic standalone. It really was a fine beginning, a middle, and an end. Right? I'm not surprised that there's going to be a sequel. I'm curious, and and I trust them because they knocked I thought Quiet Place out of the park. I just side note, it. they side changed note. writers. They did. Yes, the, the writers from the original <clears throat> are not involved in the second one. Sons of bitches. Bex and Woods are not. That a makes part me. Of that. That's what makes me nervous that about it because the writing too. in that was great. Right. So I don't know why he would switch to totally different writers. I think it's just him doing it. Oh. oh, really? Okay. I mean, oh. it'll be. I like John Krasinski. Before. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, and and uh, this is this is decent casting news. Um, I'll become more interested the more news that comes out. You know, I still Cillian Murphy. I still see him from um, the Batman movie, right? Scarecrow. Yeah. I, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, every time. I mean, I like him. He's a great actor, but he still freaks me out a little bit. Um, the quietest place. <laughs> the quiet, a quiet place. Yeah. Shh. More quiet. Yeah. I mean, I want. I want something to do with a library in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just have the whole thing take place in a library with the lady from all that from the nineties. Nice, she's like, Lori hey, Beth quiet. Denberg, baby. This is a library. <laughs> Love Lori Beth Denberg. I have to shout her out. She's yeah. great. They she's should, so they funny. Sh- they should do it in in the Baldwin Hills movie theater, and then everybody <laughs> would die. Yeah, because that it was not a quiet place. <laughs> yeah, see, so the writing credits on true. IMDb say that the characters are done by Back in Woods, yeah. but the film is going to be written by John Krasinski. So you are correct, Scott. Yes. Uh, so I screwed up his name, but I got some facts right. So there we go for the win still. It's like when you said Tree Hundred on the other podcast. <laughs> when we were talking about Three Hundred. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was ages ago. Yeah. What the hell were we talking about? When we were doing no, another podcast, Scott was like talking about it, and he goes Tree Hundred, <laughs> and then someone made a meme of. <laughs> Gerard oh. Butler in like a forest, <laughs> and it was like tree hundred. Oh, I'll have to tweet that. That's funny. Uh, that was next? Kevin. That was Kevin. Yes, next. Kevin. Yes. Next. Halloween sequel tease from Jason Blum uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, internet culture, calm yes. the fuck down. Okay, yeah, I like know. it's a picture. She's holding a book, like or whatever. Well, no, she was holding what was she? What she, she was, holding... was holding was her her action figure from NECA, right? Yeah, okay, the... which is a really it's a premium for. I'm gonna geek out. <laughs> it's a premium format action figure from NECA. He pre-ordered it. I, I did, and um, <laughs> they last year they come out with the Michael Myers. Uh, NECA does a really good job. Uh, they end up becoming highly collectible. This is we the first some. time that uh, they've done Laurie Strode. So uh, the picture was of her holding the, the NECA action figure along with Jason Blum. 
And uh, I believe even Jamie Lee Curtis uh, and Nick Castle said, ooh, what are they talking about? And I had tweeted out baking tips, of course. <laughs> I mean, well, what else would they be talking about? So, I, I mean, look, would we be surprised no. if there was a Halloween sequel? No. No. Not at all. No. The guy, like, gets burned in a house, he comes back. He does this, he comes back. He comes back. What was that movie we saw? Oh, Ma. Sorry. <laughs> I got really excited. Remember About it? About Ma? Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. No. I, well, it's a spoiler, but it's been a week old, so can I give a spoiler for sure. Ma? Sure. It's a spoiler for Ma. Spoiler if you for Ma. <laughs> Uh, spoiler for Ma coming up. So at the end, when the house is on fire, <laughs> I'm like, it's gonna be like Halloween, Ma too. <laughs> like she's gonna come back. It's like the house burned down. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, Blumhouse. No. No. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, of course, the, and there is the picture. We have that up if you're watching or if you decide to watch later. But no, I mean, I'm I love not surprised. Jason Blum. Look at, at his uh, happy face. Yeah. Remember when we saw Late Night with him? Yes. If you ever want to see a movie next to, like, if you love Jason Blum, you got to watch a movie with him. He genuinely enjoys movies, and he was laughing so hard, you could just hear him enjoying it. It was, like, the highlight of my Sunday. Sorry, go ahead, Sorry, Dimitri. Dimitri. No, no, no. No, well, hey, it's not like my name's on the thing, so whatever. Um, My name's not. (laughs) um, No, I'm just, like, it should be, A, no surprise. It will be interesting to see where they go. They really did leave it open up for a sequel um, because that final, the, the final shot in the basement where the fire is, there is no shape there. And I think that was done very deliberately. They could have closed it there and ended it. But it, it makes complete sense that they will go go ahead and make a, a sequel. I just, again, going into it, I hope they make it uh, as smart uh, as as this Halloween twenty eighteen is, and it, it, somebody had said on the on 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 um, uh, on the chat. Actually, there's been a couple. Jenna James, yes, Busta is needed. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, for those Halloween resurrection. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and and somebody said, wasn't the whole point of rebooting this or doing this? It was to dismiss the sequels. It was to dismiss the the sequels after the original Halloween. So everything from two, um, including the Danielle Harris Halloweens, it was yes, it was in a sense to dismiss those. But the movie also did very nice. Um, uh, acknowledgments to those movies as well, including Michael Myers catching on fire uh, at the end of this movie, as he did at the end of Halloween 2, uh, which also starred Jamie Lee Curtis. So we'll see what happens with the shape. But who knows? No surprise. No surprise. No surprise at all. All right. Now we're going to move. Now is our Blumhouse Corner. There you go. Blumhouse go. Corner. Um, we're going to move over to X-Men. The franchise that... Um, wait, 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 wait. We're going to talk about the movie? or We're, we're, gonna, about... we're just going to talk about X-Men in general real quick, and then we're going to go right into our review uh, of Dark Are we going to talk Phoenix. about trailers? We will, but okay. I'm going gonna, gonna to throw Sorry, this one in here, because it kind of ties right into the news aspect of this. Okay. So... I'll, I'm not judging. No, Continue. it's okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix is officially the lowest rated of all the X-Men movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Of which course. also does not have X-Men attached to it right. in the title. Which is funny because which they removed a that idea. a couple of uh, months ago, which was very smart. 
But this is also supposed to be the farewell to the Fox franchise, which I think is kind of devastating. And on that note, let's talk about Dark Phoenix. Well, (laughs) out with a fizzle, definitely not a bang um, for that franchise, which is really disappointing because X-Men is actually one of my favorite like superhero groups. I love X-Men. I loved it from when they did the um, animated series in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That was great. I love that. I watched that all the time um, when I was a kid. So seeing X-Men come into these films, especially starting with like First Class, was probably like my re-animation with liking, like falling back in love with it again. This was such a disappointing film because it is really terrible. There's lines of dialogue that are awful. It's overly long. It doesn't it doesn't flow with the rest of the films. It underuses the best actors in the film and gives them nothing to do. It's just it's a it's a mess. Scott, you you want me to go yeah. first? Yeah. Um I've been I I've had a love hate relationship with the X Men franchise. Um, like Ashley, I remember growing up watching the animated series. Um, I even had them. If you remember when they had those VCDs, remember those oh a long God. time. Yes. Yeah, oh, I had Jesus. the whole yes. series yeah. on VCD. I remember that <laughs> um, before DVD became a big thing. And you know, I remember watching it and I loved it. And you know, in two thousand, when the first X Men movie came out, you know that was one of the first big. Uh, comic book movies that was successful since, you know, Tim Burton took over Batman in the 80s. Um, you know, then we we had the spawn of Spider-Man and all this other stuff that has happened now, Marvel Studios, etc. But X-Men 1 and 2 were so great. And, you know, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and all the supporting cast in that film, like Alan Cumming as, as Nightcrawler, just spot Patrick on cast. Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Famke Jansen. Uh, yeah. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was just I so good. Patrick Stewart. And then part three happened. Yeah. And then I was and like... And we just kind of ignored it. Yeah, part three happened and it went under... And and then I'm, I know I'm not going to know all these in, in I have, order. We have like X-Men 2.5. Yeah. Well, yeah, too. yeah. On, on Blu-ray yeah. DVD. Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. then, you know, that that one happened. And then there was the Wolverine Origins movie. And then there was the, the other Wolverine movie, which was a lot better than the Wolverine Origins movie. And then it was the guy who did Kick-Ass, Matthew Vaughn, who took over and did uh, First Class. Right. And First Class was amazing. was amazing. It was. And then there was Days of Future Past, which was, a, in my opinion, a little bit of a step down, but it was still as good. And then I think it was Apocalypse, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. which was like, oh. Uh, okay, but <laughs> Apocalypse compared to Dark, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix, Apocalypse is better, for sure. Yes. For yes. sure, because yes. we got because yeah, we got no, Oscar but, but Isaac was, as uh, Ivan Ooze. Yeah, so. But I was yeah. never I, I was I was a fan of Apocalypse. I didn't I like Apocalypse. Most I didn't like didn't. it. I a lot of people didn't. It wasn't as good as First Class or Days of Futures Past, but I did enjoy Apocalypse. Yeah. And then this movie came along. Yeah. And so for all those people who dumped an Apocalypse, yay, you just got Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I Dark Phoenix has it's like a punishment, like bad people. I, there, there are no words to describe this movie because there it, are it, words. It, There's it, a lot I of mean, words. But I mean, like <laughs> to what anyone was thinking when they greenlit this and they read that script and they saw this movie coming together and they saw it in the editing well, room. It's like it's just a, a, a mishmash of scenes that don't seem to 
flow, flow together or go together or have any or kind of continuity. The movie is completely pointless. Well, and they took like the characters that everybody loves so much and did nothing with them. Like this, the <clears throat> sorry, the there's a scene with Raven, and whether you know you like Jennifer Lawrence in that role or not, she was a big part of the series, and it just was, was like. Like, there was no umph to any scenes that anyone was in. There were some good visuals, I will give it that. You know, yeah. certain space scenes and stuff like that, but I don't think it, you know. Well, you know, going back to, and somebody says, yes, the original X-Men movies was, was brilliant casting. It really was at the time, and, and it made Hugh Jackman the star that he is. He loves Wolverine for, for very good reason. What X-Men First Class did is it brought the new in, but it managed to pay wonderful mm-hmm. respect yes. to the old. Right. Yes. Like, beautiful. Like, and it was, it was, this is like a way above and beyond just fan service. This was creator, this was creator service. Like, Matthew Vaughn, like, yeah. knew what he was doing and they made a great movie. And I am a really big fan of Days of Futures Past because that movie, again, continued to bring in some more X-Men great characters. I think we got... Um, Quicksilver? Uh, Quicksilver. That scene oh, uh, in the cafeteria, yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking out of the prison. We get the amazing train sequence. And again, the focus is on Magneto, Professor X, um where Quicksilver has his scene, but it's still about Raven. Yep. Uh, and it is still the new with the old. Apocalypse really sets itself apart because we don't see the old. Uh, you know, we don't get Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen, if, if memory serves. But it is still very much, too, a Raven story. It is very much a Magneto story. And you would appreciate, you could appreciate it for that. At least I did. This movie leaves those characters like to me when we find Ma- this is how, how little they care and i'm not spoiling anything out just outside of timing we don't see magneto in dark phoenix <laughs> till almost almost halfway through yeah i would say it was at least a half hour to 45 minutes into the movie and then where we see magneto show up or end up to me, that was the story. This should have been. Right. How does he get here, and what tragedy will befall the character that, like, because he's what I loved about Magneto in, in, in Apocalypse was here was a man trying to do good, and the forces of nature and fate keep on hounding him, and he can only be bitter against humanity. And here he is again, seemingly trying to do good. And I'm like, this should have been our story. Like, And they, they take it a route where Phoenix, who originally played by Famke Jansen, I think everybody agrees she was wonderful. Yeah. We got to know her because, again, they gave the character something to do, Right. But in this movie, we only meet her in Apocalypse, and we—it's Sophie Turner. Yeah, they didn't give her much, and now she's front and center, and everybody takes the back seat to her. So, it—it's it, really like she's not; she couldn't handle the movie. But I do blame Simon Kinberg for doing that, <laughs> for because it was there unfair needed, of him to yeah, do. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying. There should have been like. 
a buffer film between there to t kind of give her some more established storyline and like I mean, I know in the comics and everything, she has very established storyline. But if you're looking at people who are just watching the films, it seems very jumpy for how they right. go from one story to another. And it's like, okay, here's this person who we haven't oh. seen much of. And here's a whole thing. Hey, Simon's in the chat. Hey. hey. Hi, Simon. <laughs> well, you should call in. That way we get the English action. But he says something that is 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 really true, too. Uh, never seen more characters almost willing to be killed. Yes. Yeah. Or yes. yeah. They were there by contract, and I really think that when they were done with their scenes, they were like, ah, "Thank God, I'm done with this." Like that must have been one heck of a rap party because people just seem to want to be over, you know, uh, in this movie, and that is that is a, a, a perfect that is a perfect sentiment. I yeah. think. Uh, Zeno Hour says, since he's, MC he's, he's, he's killing it in the yeah, chat. Yeah, he really is. Since MCU X Men probably won't happen until 2023 at the earliest, which upcoming filmmaker should direct the new version? You know what? I think they should take the approach to kind of they did with Black Panther and kind of get like an un a lesser known director in that genre. I think right. that would be a good, fresh take on the. I think they need to. It needs a rest. Whatever it does now, <laughs> let it, it, it just, sleep. It, it just it needs a rest. Disney right now, uh, uh, I'm sure they, they've got enough going on in their MCU, right? Uh, that they need to focus on. So let's give X Men, let's give give it a proper rest, and I'm sure when the time comes, they'll do the proper job and the proper thing. I wonder if Marvel would be able to get Hugh Jackman back. Like, I feel like if anybody could get him oh. to come back to that role, it would be Marvel. You know, again, as much as I love Hugh Jackman, to Don't me... Don't you say anything against Hugh Jackman. I'm just saying, <laughs> Logan, to me, was the perfect, perfect yeah. Yeah. Oh. ride into the sunset yes. for that character. I just want to see Hugh Jackman all the I time. Understand. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I just best. think that Logan was a magnificent... Above and beyond what you normally get for superhero fare. Yeah. It had a wonderful, amazing story with great performances. And I think it was just the perfect send-off to bring him back cheat to me anyways. To me, would cheat Logan. Yep. Um, a lot of people are saying that Kevin Smith would be a good director. Uh, Charlie Brooker from Black uh, Mirror or Lisa Joy or Jonathan Nolan. Um, Jeff in the booth is saying Barry Jenkins would be an interesting take on sure. the X-Men. Um, you know, it, Kevin Smith, I think, is a, is a, a very beloved fanboy uh, of all these universes, whether it's Marvel or DC. But I think if I had to give Kevin Smith anything, I would definitely either give him the Batgirl or a Batman movie, because mm -hmm. I, I think that is, you know, I've followed him from a long time because of the fact that he's from Jersey like me, um, and he has his comic book store, so I know how much he loves it, but I think he's always been such a big fan of, like, the DC universe. Right. I would love to see him kind of do that first, and then maybe go over yeah, to Yeah, no, a, that's a great, and I, and I also think, I don't know, why not go back to the well? Joss Whedon's not doing anything. Joss and I don't, Whedon is Joss not Whedon, doing anything. Which I don't understand. Except that Avengers 2 movie. Yeah, but I don't understand why. Like, this this is something the, that I don't really Justice get. Justice League and Avengers 2. Because those movies are both, like, was, a lot of people blame, and I, and I kind of blame Joss Whedon as well for Justice League. 
Because I, I, I think like they were trying to. I mean, it was WB's fault, but it, it was ultimately him c- coming in and trying to match his tone with. Ah, uh, Jesus. I mean, yes. It, Zack Snyder. Yeah, I'm, I, you know I'm really upset. I, I was know. like, I was with the WB people like this. I'm like, just release the damn Snyder cut. I was with everyone at this one because it was yeah, just like the tone I, was all over the place. I don't blame him. And I don't think Age of Ultron is that miserable of a movie. Duffer I Brothers. Really oh, sorry. Don't. I'm really excited. Oh, oh that's Duffer Brothers. A, you Duffer know, Brothers I said Duffer Brothers. Really good idea, too. Mm-hmm. But I just don't right. know. I don't understand. What the hell? Ha- like his fall from grace, like, he, like was fast, and it was like he fell off a cliff, and that was it. He, he also did- had that scandal, Dimitri. Yeah, he did. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but, a big one. Yeah, that's a big well, one. But but other people have had scandals and they got jobs back. Like James Gunn. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't. His fall from grace, and this was be this was before the scandal too. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, just happened swift and fast, and I don't understand why. Because I still do believe he's a talented <laughs> writer and and a gifted director. But who am I? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. So okay, new topic. Yeah, yeah sure. We're okay. gonna talk about. Um, we're gonna switch it up. We'll talk about a couple of trailers real quick. Um, I want to start off with a, a movie that I thought was a fantastic film, one of my favorites from Sundance, and that is Brittany Runs a Marathon. Um, Ashley, because you already saw it, let's start with Dimitri. What do you think of the trailer? I was looking forward to seeing the trailer, Uh, uh, and in part because of your recommend. Uh, You're on there, by the way, too. I love it. The best best quote ever. I love love it. it. I love it. Um, I love it. And you know what? (laughs) This really, um, uh, why can't I think of the actress's name? Um, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. This is where Jamie Bell, like, like Jamie Bell and Rebel Wilson can almost be like they're, they're similar. Yes, but yes. this is why Jamie Bell. All fat blonde women are not the same. Well, but they can go for the same laughs, and yeah. it just seems to me Jamie Bell is able to get out of that rut, and she can play the kind or warm-hearted, while at the same time. Uh, she she was in the Twenty Two Jump Street sequel, and she was hysterical, and she was so mean, and like, I like her a lot, and I think that this movie is perfect for this summer. If you become disenfranchised, like this movie, like a Booksmart, mm. uh, um, you know, even like a late night. Female-led this? comedies are really great this summer, actually. It's a shame, you know, everybody's shitting on Booksmart right now because, oh, can women not fail? It's like, it's not a failure just because yeah. it didn't make box office numbers. It's yeah. a really good film. Still my favorite movie of the year thus far. Yeah. But watching that trailer made me laugh. Uh, and I'm going, this movie looks to have everything that I love about going to movies like this. It seems to be inspirational. It'll, it'll give me my aw moment and it'll make me laugh. And it'll make me fall in love with brand new characters that aren't, you know, who are their own superheroes. So that's what I thought of the trailer. Yeah. I thought it was great. I agree. You know I what? like the movie. Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I love it too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say yeah, that. That's my favorite <clears throat> marketing. As someone who has never participated in any sort of marathon or any sort of sport activity. <laughs> You're kidding? You yeah, haven't run? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, I did find this film incredibly realistic, incredibly inspiring, and uh, really true to life. I, I think there's something about the way that Jamie Bell kind of transforms. Julie, 
J- Julian Bale. I was going to say, Jamie Bell's yeah. a dude, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah Julian yeah. Bell. Sorry. Yeah, he's, um, I was staring at you yeah. like, I don't think that yeah, sounds sorry. right. Yeah, the, yes, yes, you're right. The other Bell family. I'm so bad with names. I am sorry, people. I'm so sorry. Um, that's the second one for me today. Sorry. No one's counting but you. Yeah, Everyone's are. counting. Because they, they they're going to make a meme now. The Meet the Movie Press memes. <laughs> Tree 100. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tree 100 2.0. Flubs. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I'm actually kind of opposite of you about Belle. Because I think um, she's she's had a habit of playing a lot of the same type of characters in a lot of the movies that she's been in. Um, and this was a nice change of pace. Well, I, not that we're going to do a review of the movie, yeah. but I will say that it is still a similar type of character, but the fact that you see the character growth within the film makes it a different type of character for her. Yes. Very well put, Ashley. Thank you. That's why Ashley's That's a why critic. I'm here. <laughs> Ashley's going to replace me on Meet the Movie Press. <laughs> no. Starting next not week. playing um, <laughs> a character that has a She's not playing a caricature. Right. She's playing yeah. a character that has a development. The character does have a chip on her shoulder. Yes. And it's... it's. But she's not... Yeah, okay. I understand. You, yeah. When right. you see the movie, yeah. I know you're going to love it, but... You'll, it's a great story arc. Did you want to? I mean, I'm I, sorry. I, no, no, no. I was going to say. I mean, did you want to talk a little bit about that scene? I mem- I remember there was a scene in the movie that kind of made you upset. Um, not. But which Why one was it? Which one was it? The scene where they were at the dinner table. No. No. Okay. Right. I'll talk about it when I review it. Okay, sounds good. I, my, if you want to know what scene I'm talking about, it is in my review on We Love Entertainment for Britney Runs a Marathon, so you can check that out. Um, I think we'll save that for when we actually review, review the movie. It. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, another, but it's great. See it, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, another trailer that came out, Loose. Did you watch that trailer? I haven't seen the... I, somebody yeah. has to even... What is this movie? Loose came out of Sundance. It... Um, it is one of the most interesting and thought-provoking films I've seen in a really long time. Really? It's not an easy watch, not in the respect that it's, like, violent or anything like that. It's just one of those films that, while you're watching the characters, the way that it's written, you question the characters and their motives. Okay. But then the film also has you questioning your own stereotypes and perceptions of other people. So it's a very intellectual type film that's going to keep you thinking for the entire runtime of is this is this my perspective of these characters because they look a certain way or are they playing themselves are they playing this character a certain way? Or is this character this way because of the color of their skin? Or is this the perception that we have of them or they think that we have to have of them? Right. So it's it's very interesting. Um, Octavia Spencer's in it. Yes. Um, but the trailer the trailer's really good because it'll give you that explanation of what I'm talking about um, and kind of will give you a, a great snippet of what it's like without giving away... Because a lot of the times you have a problem with independent films. They give away way too much of the story mm-hmm. or way too much of the yeah. film in their trailer in an attempt to be like, please see this. It's an independent right. film. 
Loose does it enough that it gives you the the heart of what the film really talks about and the intensity of it, but it doesn't give it all away. Yeah, after Ma, yeah. I had to give Octavia Spencer just a little bit of a break. Yeah, she, no, she redeems <laughs> no, herself a, in this one. She's amazing in this movie. She's okay, really good. No, and then, um, oh my God, Kelvin Harris, I think is his name. I'm forgetting. Remember, I saw this in January, so yeah. my brain's a little... Mm-hmm. It's also Naomi Watts, isn't it? Naomi Watts, okay. Kelvin, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Tim Roth, Andrea Bang, Octavia Spencer, and Naomi Watts. Yeah. So um, definitely check out that trailer if you haven't seen it. If you're at all intrigued by that trailer, I definitely suggest you take out Yeah, out the film. and I mean, again, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit. If you want to see different types of content that is not franchises, um, these are movies that you should be seeking out this summer. Um, and really supporting these movies because as much as we all love our Avengers and our X-Men and all these franchises, it's these movies that are becoming the lost art form right now. And you need to support movies like Booksmart and Loose and Britney Runs a Marathon because these are, are, are going to be the ones that are going to have the most legs in the future, and you're going to go back Absolutely. and watch them for years to come because they're really they're great. And, and, and the thing of it is, and for the people who will say, well, they should just put it to Netflix, well, a couple of things about that. A, it won't get as much talk if it's on Netflix. People will have to go and find it. You won't be talking about it on a weekly basis doing you know, because they, they, they don't report viewership. So we'll never know. You'll never know. So I that movie will, 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 you know, a, a particular movie will get quote unquote lost when it would if it just goes to a streaming even if it has fantastic quality to it so that's why i really do think that that the independent um form like 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 a late night uh and book smart which are out now and today right. i think those movies you should go see them because they offer you a variety and they they do they do Deliver. They can deliver box office, and they can feed the machine. And we complain about variety. We complain. You hear it all the time. There's just too much junk or too much action. Well, these are the movies that offer something different in their original content, and and we should support the art. Um, and I too will love my superhero and my Star Trek and Star Wars movies. But when I can come out and say, you know what, Booksmart's my favorite movie of the year so far. That to me, I'm more proud of like saying that um, because it's worthy. It earned my respect, and it felt like a breath of, breath of fresh air watching it. Okay, so That's we it. have exactly two minutes left on the show. So, real quick, I just want to sh- uh, throw a shout out to um, the Secret Lives of Pets Two. That's <clears throat> also coming out this weekend. It's but- super short. It's great for kids. It's only like an hour and twenty five minutes. There's three different storylines that go through it, and it's just it's a great kids movie. Great. And then I want to take the next like. 90 seconds to each of us, 30 seconds each, late night, why we sh- why people should see it. Dimitri, go. I think that, I think that it's sharp wit comedy. Uh, Mindy Kalin really gets it right, but Emma Thompson is, uh, for me, nominatable in this role. She plays the very Letterman-esque type of late night talk show host who's trying to find relevancy in a world of which in which sarcasm and insults doesn't quite work as well as it did and then it becomes 
uh, a topical situation about women writers in coming into the, you know, in, in being in the workforce. So I really thought that it was poignant. At the same time, it was so, to me, I, I found myself laughing a lot at Emma Thompson and Mindy Callen as well. Uh, but Emma Thompson was just brilliant in this movie. And I think what it does to I agree with what Dimitri says, but to to piggyback off of that, I think what it does really well is it actually shows the female dynamic in the workplace in a way that um, is broken down more than usual. You know, a lot of the times there's this back and forth between women not liking women and, you know, how that works out in the workplace. And I think they focus on that and develop a relationship between two women that is authentic and believable, mm-hmm. uh, but still grounded in comedy. Yes. And and um, I just saw we're getting a lot of comments. Um, uh, Yash, uh, I can't forgive me for your last name, but you say Emma Thompson seems like she is carrying late night. She does. She really does, and she does it in this. She does it in a fantastic way, and you see a side of her that at least I haven't seen up on the silver screen, and she carries it quite well. Shout out to sorry, real quick, John Lithgow, who's in this. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love him. Yeah, so that's it. I just want to say that you know, um, someone mentioned in the chat that they don't find Mindy very funny. Um, this movie, I will tell you honestly, will not make you a fan of Mindy if you do not like her already, because it's it's essentially Mindy playing Mindy that she's played on the, the office. Mindy Project, yeah, Mindy yeah. Project. You know, she she's very much um, playing. I think a version of herself in most of the projects that she does. It, but the thing that's really important about this movie is the fact that she wrote it, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a sharp, and sharply funny film, yeah. and clever. It's a really well-written script, and because the material is so good, it does make the performances shine, not only by Emma Thompson, but like you said, John Lithgow, and some of the supporting cast, even yes. the ma- male characters. Yeah, and, and, and it should be mentioned, too, that Mindy Callen drew from the experience of working on Conan's yes. late-night show mm-hmm. um, prior to all that stuff going down. So she does draw from, from from an experience of working with a lot of male uh, comedy writers and what it was like to be the female to try in trying to break through. So that I found to be very stupid. I, I did find it to be relevant to today uh, and very topical. What I love too, sorry, I'm going to quickly hop yeah, in. I sure. know we're rapping, but I've really missed Nora Ephron's voice ever since we said goodbye to her. And I sure. think what she really was able to do was create commercially viable kind of feel-good movies that still had a really sharp wit and a really mm-hmm. topical social take, but it's the kind of movie you could still take your parents to and they'll still love the film. So this movie is that really rare cross-section that I think Nora used to nail of commercially viable, entertaining filmmaking with a really sharp and witty point of view. I, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there you go. go. Uh, Dimitri, where can we find you? Well, you can find me right here uh, um, on... Popcorn Talk Networks, Meet the Movie Press. Oh, and I have a, a, a slight change for the fine people who've already supported me on Twitter. Uh, and for people who would like to support me on Twitter, uh, I'd welcome it. Uh, it's at Dimitri Panos. That's it. Simple. At Dimitri Panos. That's spelled D-E-M-E-T-R-I-P-A-N-O-S. At Dimitri Panos. I'm one of the rare Greeks whose first name is actually longer than his last. Uh, you can find me on weliveentertainment.com you can also find me on twitter at Ashley G Menzel and here on Meet the Movie Press every so often 
Yep. And I am Scott Menzel, and you can find me here and also on LAOFCS Weekly. Uh, I wanted to tell everyone, thank you so much for supporting this show. If you like this show, please comment. Please subscribe to this channel. Uh, share this video. We do this show because of you guys. So please support us and uh, share this video and share this content. At Meet Movie Press. At Meet Movie Press uh, on Twitter. You can find me at the other Scott M on Twitter. Uh, Simon Thompson will be back next week in this chair. Um, and just give us, you know, we I always love feedback, and I think we all like feedback. Just let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us know who you think is great on on the show. Who's the, who's and the best share, with the panel. More importantly yeah. than that, um, you know, neither looking for compliments or for getting insulted, but share the show. Right. If you Absolutely. really like the show, talk about it or say or bring it up in a conversation where, hey, I just learned, you know, I watched this podcast, Meet the Movie Press, and this is what they said today. Um, try, if you really do enjoy the show, try to bring it up at your water cooler talk because that helps spread the word because podcast is so popular. That's enough for me for now. There you Thanks. go. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Take care. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.